0: One of the things God began to speak to me is that normal has shifted. And rather than trying to get back to how things used to be, God wants us to take us, God wants to take us into a way that things could be, a way that he wants the church to operate in 2020 and beyond. You know, we don't serve a stale God. We don't serve a dry God. We don't serve a God who's stuck in old strategies. We don't serve a God who runs out of miracles or runs out of new ways, God is always up to something new. He's always up to something new. In fact, when I was a kid, one of my favorite albums, I used to have a a CD, Walkman, and um, I would walk around, I'd have my Walkman CD player. Come on, how many of y'all are old enough to have a Walkman CD player? And I would have that, have my headphones connected to my Walkman, and my favorite CD, I played it every day, all day, was DC Talk. DC Talk had a CD back in the day, and they had a song on that CD, on that album, called God is doing it. God is doing a new thing. You know who's doing it? Who's doing it? God is doing a new thing. Boom, 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 boom. And I used to love that song. I would just play that song, God is doing a new thing. The whole point of the song is that God was up to something new. And that was in 1991. (laughs) Wouldn't it be sad if we were still doing the same thing we were doing in 91? God is an ever evolving God. He's constantly doing something new. He's unchanging in the fact that his character will never change, but his ways, his models, his strategies will continue to be ahead of, and we've gotta be listening to it, otherwise the church will be behind. But God always intended for his church to be ahead of the curve to be ahead of the um, problems, that we would be ready for whatever the world was facing, that we wouldn't be lagging behind, trying to figure out what to do with technology, but that we would be leading the way. Either you believe that God is all knowing, all powerful, and able to prepare the church for greater things ahead, or you believe that God is stuck. And I I just don't believe that. When I read the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, God is always on the move and he's never stuck. And he's never slow to change. He's always preparing the church for what's next. So if you're taking notes, you can just write this down. Normal has shifted. Normal has shifted. And it's shifting. Change is in the air. It's springtime. I love this picture behind me of, this is Stefan. In case you don't notice, it's this guy right here. Victory North pastor. (laughs) And uh, I love, he's up in the air And when I saw that picture, what I heard in my spirit was change is in the air. Change is in the air. Change is happening right now across the world. Change is happening in churches. Change is happening in businesses. Change is happening in countries. Change is happening in governments. And we can either run from that change. We can bury our heads in the sand and cringe at the change. We can be afraid of the change. We can lose hope in the change. Or we can come to the greatest change agent of all time. The creator of the cosmos, the creator of the redwood forest that's constantly growing new trees, the creator of the oceans that's constantly bringing new waves, the creator of the sunrise and the sunset with clouds that are constantly changing, the creator of of the beaches and the rivers and the creeks and the ponds and the lakes, the creator of the mountains and the creator who understands change more than anyone. That's where we need to tune into, and we need to get what he wants to speak to us in the midst of this change. Otherwise we're going to be living in fear. We're going to be wondering where our next paycheck is going to come from. We're going to be constantly depressed and discouraged because every hour things are changing. But I got good news for you. There's a change agent in heaven who wants to give you inside information about the changes that are coming to prepare you for your greatest miracles yet in your marriage, in your business, in your family. Come on, who am I preaching to this morning? Get ready for change. Change is here. If you got your Bible, you can go to Luke 24, verse one. You can make some noise if you want to. Luke 24. And I want one of our team members on stage to read it. Luke 24, verse 1. We're going to go verse 1 through verse 8. Do we have another microphone up here that we can implement? Perfect. Iman, do you have the scripture? Yes, I do. Go ahead and just read verse 1 through verse 8. This is Iman Marklin.
1: Right. Now, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened, as they were greatly perplexed about this, that, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then, as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead?
0: Hold up. We got to stop right there. There's so much in those first five verses right there. The women were the early church. And come on, God uses men and women to bring bring the church into new days and new ways. The women were on the forefront. They were walking, but they were on the they didn't even realize they were on the forefront of change. They were walking back to how things were. They wanted to go back to see their pastor the way he was. He was dead. That's that's what they last remembered. They wanted to go back to the way things that they last remembered. This is how I want to live in my memories. I want to live in how things were. So they're going back there, and when they get to the tomb, it's empty. Now, I said this a a week or two ago. On Easter Sunday, I came into our auditorium. It was empty, and I was doing an interview with Fox News, and so I had my phone out. I set it on a little music stand, and I'm standing in the room. There's empty chairs everywhere, and I said, yeah, just like there's empty rooms, there's an empty tomb. And I got off the interview and I started thinking more about that, that what if the empty auditoriums are the empty tomb in this season? Not that we'll never go back. I think we will come back. In fact, our governor has um, stated that in May we're reopening the state of Oklahoma with phase one and there's going to be, you know, a a, um, phasing back into gatherings and, and our church is planning on gathering again. Um, with those phases following the adherence of of all the things that our government's asking us to do. But we're going to gather again inside this room on Mother's Day weekend. We're coming back into the church building. We're so excited. I can't wait to see your smiling faces. I can't wait to to be with y'all. We're going to, of course, follow the, the guidance that they've asked us to do. But I started thinking that maybe... Maybe it's not empty auditoriums. Maybe it's the old model. Maybe it's the strategy in which we used to do church prior to COVID-19. And that's only two months ago, six weeks ago. But what I heard God say is, I've got a new season. Don't go back to the tomb. I've got a new strategy for the church. So as we gather again, I think we're going to gather in a new way. We're going to even do church differently. We're going to even do more drive-in services because those have been fire, revival from the rooftop. We're going to do more community online connections, interactions. We're going to do more interacting with the chat. You know, I love that we're, we're talking here that God has a new normal where everyone is looking to God first. Yes, that's what we want. You know, I want to interact more with the chat. As we come back, I think God has some new strategies for his church. So these women, they're going back to the tomb looking for how things were, and the angel says, why are you looking for the living among the dead? What if you're trying to get back to the old normal and God's saying, why are you looking for life in a place that's dead? Why are you trying to find a new strategy in an old routine, an old model? What worked back then may not work now. Now, maybe everything will turn around and within the next few months, it'll start feeling much, much, much more like it was. But I also think there's new tools that God's given us in this season. And I don't wanna be naive or stubborn to miss what God's trying to download to his church. I don't wanna be so full of my old model that I can't receive an upgrade for where God wants to take me. You know, when a computer um, starts functioning slower and slower and that spinny wheel comes out, it's usually because you need an upgrade. You haven't downloaded the latest upgrade. Your software has slowed down. And I wonder if maybe the church's software had started to slow down and God used this pandemic to bring an upgrade to the church. Come on, somebody, woo! God's wanting to download a fresh strategy. So the angels say, why are you looking for that new strategy, that new season in an old tomb? All right, keep reading. What, what, what happens next?
1: He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words.
0: Come on. So what the angel was saying is that Jesus is already ahead of you, church. Jesus has moved on. It's time for you to move on with him. You know, oftentimes in the stories with the disciples, they were kind of slow to move where Jesus was moving. If Jesus wanted to go to the other side, they were a little hesitant to get on the boat. They were a little scared if they would make it through the storm. If Jesus was calling them to, you know, step out of the boat, they were a little hesitant to do that. Jesus was always ahead of the church. And what, it, what we read from this passage here is that Jesus was moving in a new season and he was inviting the church to change. He was inviting his disciples to come into a new strategy, a new model, a new way. All right, now look at this. Skip over to verse 13 of that same chapter, Luke 24, verse 13. I want someone else over here to read it. Who's got it over here? We got a microphone over here? Zach, go ahead and bring them a microphone. And who wants to read it over here? Sam Grasso, go ahead. Luke 24, verse 13.
2: It says, That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. Hold up. Let's stop right there.
0: So these two guys are leaving Jerusalem because Jerusalem was the place they experienced the most pain. They had encountered so much change in such a short time. It was just too hard. It was too hard to stay. Have you ever been there before where change happens so fast, so suddenly, and it's just like, I just gotta get out. Like, this is just too much. I just need a break from all this change. I need a break. I just need to, just need to eat some ice cream. I just need to watch a movie. There's just too much change. I gotta, there's too much change. So these two guys, they're walking away from a season that was painful and they're on this pathway headed to Emmaus, leaving Jerusalem, and they're discussing everything that's happened, the crucifixion. They're, they're even discussing how Jesus came and in one week he went from being hailed as the king of the Jews and Hosanna and palm branches being laid down. And then in a few short days, he was betrayed. He was handed over to be crucified. He was whipped. He was scourged, crown of thorns. They're talking about all the pain and all the change that happened so fast, so suddenly. And all of a sudden, in the midst of their discussion, Jesus shows up and they don't even recognize he's there. Could Jesus be showing up in this pandemic in your house in your workplace, at the grocery store, and you don't even realize it's him. Right there in the grocery line.
2: All right, Sam, keep going. Yeah, in verse 16, it says, but God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Clepus, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened here the last few days. What things, Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Okay,
0: stop right there. Did you hear what they said? In verse 21, they said, we hoped... We were hoping this pandemic was going to change sooner. We were hoping things were gonna turn out our way. We were hoping that we wouldn't have to shelter in place for six weeks now. We were hoping this virus would have been gone by April 1st. We were hoping for an Easter miracle. We were hoping for these things and here we are on the road and we don't know what to do because everything that we were hoping for didn't come to pass. Have you ever been frustrated with how life turned out? and you thought maybe God missed it, maybe God wasn't on the move, and you're trying to figure out where is God in all of this? That's where they were. These two disciples are on this road to Emmaus. They're frustrated, they're disappointed, they're hopeless because their hopes have, have not been met, and, and, and yet Jesus is right beside them in the midst of their discouragement. The Bible says that he's close to the brokenhearted. If you've lost your job, if you've lost your spouse, if you've lost a loved one, if you've lost hours at work, if you've lost your normal, you've lost your routine, you've lost the schooling that your kids were in, whatever it is, God's right there in the middle of your loss. He's right there in the middle of your pain. And the thing I love about this story is that God doesn't wave a magic wand and fix everything right in the spot. He begins to open their eyes to see that God is going to use everything the enemy meant for harm, for good. If God doesn't change your circumstance, he changes your perspective to see that your circumstance is going to be a stepping stone for your next season to step into something greater. So watch what happens. Go ahead, Sam. What happens next?
2: Verse 22, it says, Then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing, and they had seen angels who told them that Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the women had said. Then Jesus said to them, You foolish people. You find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the Scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering into his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself.
0: So here's what I love right there. One of my, the translation I'm reading says he opened the scriptures to them. You can be reading the Bible, but not actually understanding it. You can be in a season and not actually understanding what's happening in that season. You could be raising your kids. You could be single. You could be married. You could be going through a season and not even understand what's going on in that season. These men, they, they had heard about Isaiah, the prophet. They had heard about Micah. They had heard all the prophecies. They knew all the things, but their eyes were closed to see what God was up to. And what Jesus began to do is he didn't change the circumstance. He opened their eyes to see what God was doing in the middle of their circumstance. Lord, I pray that you'd open our eyes to see right now what you're doing. In America, what you're doing in Philippines, what you're doing in California, in Rochester, New York, in Sand Springs, in Sepulpa, what you're doing right now in Crestview, Florida, in Plano, Texas, what you're doing right now in China, what you're doing right now in Russia, what you're doing right now in Sweden, what you're doing right now in Brazil, in Honduras, in Guatemala, in France. And God, help us to have eyes to see that even though we don't see it all happening right now, you're up to something good and you're turning things around. So Jesus began to open their eyes. Watch what happens next. Sam, read the rest of that.
2: Yeah, and verse 28 says, "'By this time they were nearing Emmaus "'and the end of their journey. "'Jesus acted as if he were going on, "'but they begged him, "'Stay the night with us since it's getting late. "'So he went home with them. "'As they sat down to eat, "'he took the bread and blessed it. "'Then he broke it and gave it to them. "'Suddenly their eyes were opened "'and they recognized him, "'and at that moment he disappeared.'" They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us?
0: Come on. I love that story. Didn't our hearts burn? I think God is wanting to light a new fire in his church. I think God, and you might even feel it in your homes right now. I just want to come over to the chat. And I want to just hear, what is God doing in your hearts during this season? What is that new thing that God's been, how has God been using this circumstance to grow your character, to strengthen you, to prepare you? What has God been doing in your family, your marriage, your relationships? How has God been intervening? How have you been experiencing God in those moments like the road to Emmaus? He was right there with them and they didn't even see it until he was gone. And maybe you felt that a little bit. I love reading these. This is from Christine Kaufman. She says, God is up to something great. We rob ourselves of what God is doing next when we make idols out of what he did last. I love that. Such a good word coming from our victory chat pastor. Thank God that the tomb is empty. Jesus is alive. Guys, I want you to just begin to tell us this morning, tell the team right now what God is doing in your heart. Maybe even talk about it as a family. How has God been using the circumstance to shift you into a new normal, a better normal, maybe for relationships, for your business? I was talking with uh, Daniel Henshaw, works on our team, and he was telling me he was on the phone with one of our business owners in the church. And about six weeks ago, this business owner was going to have to release all of his employees, looking at how the economy was being affected by COVID-19. There were so many businesses in the last six weeks that were having to shut their doors and having to release you know, workers and cut hours and just tough decisions. And right as he was about to do it, he got this idea, what if I changed the whole model of what we do? What if I changed what we work on? And what if I began working on something completely different, like his company is over here in right field, this idea was over here in left field. But rather than dragging his feet or thinking, no, we can't do that because only certain companies do that, he shifted, he was flexible to change fast. And he said, guys, we're going to do this. We're going to create these things for this hour, for these kinds of people that need this stuff. And what happened was he ended up not having to let go of any of them. In fact, he ended up having to give more hours to them, hiring more people. His business began to grow in the midst of a pandemic. Let me tell you something. Just because there's a pandemic doesn't mean money disappeared in the earth. But you've got to be in tune with God to say, God, what is the new normal you're trying to shift my business to? What's the new model? What's the new strategy? And let us be fast and flexible to shift in the middle of a pandemic that we don't let this thing paralyze us, that we gotta move from paralyzation into innovation. We gotta move from this place of hopelessness to a place of creativity, that God wants to download some new things in your business, in your dreams. In your, I, I was talking to a married couple and they said, you know, this pandemic has actually strengthened if not maybe even saved our marriage. Because prior to it, we were so busy, we just weren't really spending a lot of time together and we were coasting and we were comfortable, but we didn't even realize we could have been headed possibly towards a crash and not even known it. But this crisis has brought us closer together. And now we're doing date nights all the time. We're having creative ways that we're bonding together. We're spending more time. We're learning each other. We're rediscovering the new mysteries of one another. God wants to use this circumstance to open your eyes that there's a better normal for your life. Some of you, prior to this crisis, you used to be worried all the time. You used to have all kinds of idols in your house. God's been using this crisis to shift your idols, to get rid of your anxiety, to draw you closer to Him. God's been using your loneliness to draw you closer into a relationship with Him. So I don't think God caused this crisis, but I think God's going to use it for His glory. Normal is shifting. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, we are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory. Look at that, ever-increasing glory. I love that. In other words, God is always increasing the glory of himself in your life. God's never finished. If there's breath in your lungs, God's not done. He takes us from glory to glory, from strength to strength. We may not see it. We have a veil we can see dimly. We see things through a certain lens, a certain filter, But God sees things and he says, you don't understand. What I'm bringing the church through right now is for greater glory. Where I'm taking the church, you may not understand the crucifixion. You may not understand the three days in the tomb. You may not understand the 41 days of sheltering in place. But I'm about to take you into a new normal that is so much better than the old normal that you were stuck in. I'm about to take the church. I'm about to take your business. I'm about to take you into a better normal a better normal. I want to go to one more story, and it's John 21. John 21. And we're going to split this up between a few people. And John 21, verse 1. Who's there? Who's ready? Mark, why don't you start off? John 21. We'll start off with verse 1. Again, this is after the resurrection. God was up to something new. Check this out.
3: It says, Later, Jesus appeared again to his disciples beside the Sea of Galilee, this is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there, Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Canaan Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out to the boat, and they caught nothing all night. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. They called out, Fellow, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, Throw out your nets to the right-hand side of the boat, and you'll get some.
0: Okay, I wanna stop right there. So many things to to just kind of talk through right there. Here the disciples were, if you look at the beginning of that story, they were frustrated and so Peter says, man, I'm tired, let's go back to what we did before Jesus was here. So before Jesus invited the disciples to be his disciples, what what did Peter used to do? He was a fisherman, he was a professional fisherman. Because things had changed so rapidly, in his life, and he had lost his Savior and he had lost his normal. He decided, I'm going back to how things used to be. I'm going back. I'm going back to the old normal. I'm go- I, I can't handle all this change. I'm going back. Anybody else want to go back with me? And so, Thomas, the doubter, you know, because he doubted that one time, you know, all, all the other guys, they jump in the boat. They say, Yeah, we'll go fishing too. That's, that's what we understand. That's what makes sense to us. But what happens? When they go back to their old normal, their old normal isn't working. Look at the story. They go back to what they were used to doing, but what they were used to doing wasn't working anymore. They're not catching anything, and they're sitting there all night, and they're toiling. I wonder if you're toiling in frustration. You're toiling maybe because God's trying to reinvent you. Maybe God's trying to reinvent some things in your life. AJ said this last night. I thought it was such a good word disturbance creates deliverance you've heard of the CDC but this is the DCD that's what AJ said disturbance creates deliverance here the disciples were disturbed have you ever been disturbed frustrated just things aren't going the way and you can either allow that disturbance to lead you into a place of stubbornness I'm not listening to anybody I'm just going to keep on plowing through and just keep doing what I'm doing and it's finally going to work one of these days. But instead, they opted to listen to a stranger on the beach. They didn't know it was Jesus. What if God's speaking to you through an unknown person, an unknown model, an unknown way? What if God's calling out to you, but just because it doesn't look like Jesus doesn't mean it's not Jesus. Just because it doesn't sound like Jesus doesn't mean it's not. Thank goodness these disciples were open-minded to listen to a stranger on the beach. What if God's trying to speak to you through a commercial on TV? What if God's trying to speak to you through a billboard off the highway? What if God's trying to talk to you right now through your six-year-old son? What if God's trying to talk to you right now through your wife, through your mom? What if God's trying to talk to you right now through your pastor online? What if God's trying to reinvent you, inviting you to new change? To a new normal. So they listen. They had been trying this side. They had been trying this side. Because Jesus said, throw it to the other side. The right hand side. Medical doctors have said that the brain, the left side of the brain is the analytical side. The accountant side. The side that makes sense. The logical side. When you're in your left side of the brain, you're always thinking, you're reasoning, what makes sense, scientific, what does Dr. Fauci say? (laughs) What should we, what's the CDC? What makes sense, what makes sense? It's logic, it's intellect. The right hand side is the dreamer side. It's the artistic side, it's the creative side. It's the side that doesn't make sense. And I love that Jesus says, you've been trying to do things in a way that just makes sense to your mind. You've been going back to what makes sense over here. I'm inviting you into a dreamer's side. I'm inviting the church into an artistic expression, a new model. Get on the roof. Get on a scissor lift. Go ahead and set up an evangelistic outreach on the road as cars are driving through getting groceries because you were used to feeding a couple hundred people a week, but I'm about to let your church feed 139,000 meals in the last few weeks, and I'm going to cause your church to lead 5,600 people to Jesus in the next few weeks, and you're about to see a multiplication. If you'll just get out of your analyzation and get out of your frustration and start stepping into the innovation that I'm inviting you into they were frustrated and they listened. and what happened mark go ahead and read what happens next when he tells them to throw it to the other side
3: it says, so they did and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it come on uh, the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter it's the Lord and when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work, and jumped into the water, and he headed to shore. The others stayed in the boat, and they pulled the load uh, loaded net to the shore, for they were only about a hundred yards from the shore. And when they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Bring some of the fish that you've caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard, and he dragged the net to the shore, and there were 153 large fish. Okay, I
0: want to stop right there. So many things that we need to talk about. All right, first off, when they followed God's advice, they got God's multiplication. When you follow God's way, you get God's multiplication. When you listen to God, and they didn't know it was God until after the multiplication happened. Their eyes were opened once they caught the fish. John realized, oh, that's God, (laughs) you know? Religion is always following what makes sense. A relationship is following that tender whisper in your heart. And when you find that that whisper is calling you to a new place, we didn't know if it was God when we got on the roof until we were on the roof and we looked out and saw thousands of people pulling up in the parking lot and receiving Jesus and hazard lights going off. We didn't know if it was God when we put the Easter film on the side of the building and we went night after night after night and we went online with multiple services. We were just taking a leap of faith because we felt a whisper in our hearts. I believe that God is gonna whisper to you and he's gonna say, try the other side. But you gotta have the courage to try the other side. You gotta have the courage to change things up. You gotta have the courage to take that invitation. When they did, they caught all, so many fish. Can I just say that the lake has so many more fish than you realize? Some of you have been fishing in one side of the lake and you feel frustrated because you think, maybe that's all God's given you. God has so many more fish in the lake. God has so many more opportunities for your business. God has so many more opportunities for you. Don't think that, that all the fish have been caught. Don't think that all the opportunities have been missed. Don't think that God's ran out of miracles for you. God has more in store for you, but you got to listen to him. And then they cat, they catch 153 fish. During that time, scholars say that there was 153, exactly 153 various kinds of fish. Could it be that maybe it wasn't 153 fish that they caught? Or maybe it was. Maybe it was 153 different kinds of fish. It was a variety of fish. During that time, there was 153 different varieties of fish. I wonder if God's calling the church to cast their nets to the other side, Because he wants us to stop just reaching the same people and he wants us to start reaching every tribe, every tongue, every nation from California to New York, Democrats, Republicans, independents, gay, straight, whatever person you are, whatever season. of. What if God's calling us to catch every kind of fish and not just the same kind and not just the one spot, but God's saying, I want you to throw your nets to a new spot. I want you to start reaching a new community. I want you to start reaching other countries. I want you to start tapping into other tribes, other languages. What if God's wanting to do that for you in your dreams and the things that he's called you to do? And then I love that Jesus has breakfast with his disciples. Jesus still wants to have breakfast with you. My wife and I, we we had breakfast the other day. And it just was so nice. We took all four kids, got in the car, and um, it was loud. It was crazy. But it was such a nice moment of just sitting together. And We just ate our breakfast in the car. You couldn't eat it in the restaurant. And we looked at each other, and we were like, we wouldn't normally get to do this. But it was a new normal, and we were enjoying this breakfast together as a family. And we were talking to our kids about life and about what they've been loving lately and I just wonder if maybe God's inviting us to have breakfast with them more often. He's trying to slow us down. These disciples, they would have kept on toiling had they not listened to Jesus. They would have kept on working tirelessly, 80 hour work weeks. But maybe their disturbance, maybe this crisis is God saying, slow down. I've got multiplication for you. If you follow my way, and you can still have breakfast too. I'm gonna cause you to be more prosperous, I'm gonna cause you to do greater things, and I'm gonna give you rest, and I'm gonna give you a new strategy, and I'm gonna strengthen your relationships, and I'm gonna strengthen the most important relationship in your life, and that's the relationship you have with God. So I wanna just pause for a moment and just kinda let y'all talk. Who wants to start off first? What is this message speaking to you right now? Mark, I'll let you jump in first. What was God speaking to you about this normal is shifting?
3: I just, I just think that you know, acknowledging that change is in the air. Obviously, that changes. Um, uh, it's in the air. We see it in so many different ways. But I think that what you're pointing to is that the change goes deeper than what we recognize. Is that we see a lot of natural things shifting. We see a lot of natural, uh, whether it's professionally, relationally, uh, our, our schedules. All of those things are changing. But I, what I hear you keep saying is that that God is up to something, that the change, that even though that we're seeing things change in the physical, that there's something changing in the supernatural, and that and that we're, the call in this season uh, is to be in tune with that, to hear the word of the Lord and to know what God is up to in this season. These scriptures that you're sharing, I just, uh, it's so evident, you know, that even when they go to the tomb and they were puzzled, it says they were puzzled when they found that Jesus wasn't there, and the angel says, can you remember what Jesus said? Yeah. Remember that he said that this was going to happen. Remember that he gave you some pattern. He showed you things were about to change and shift. And he says, and it says that when when they reminded him, it says, oh yes, we do remember that God was up to something, that he was in this. And so I, I don't know about anyone else, but I just know for me, this has given me a, even just a greater peace, a greater sense of anticipation, excitement, um, to know what's my assignment in this? What, what part am I am I called to play? Um, it, it causes me, and honestly driving me, as you've said, um, just to my knees in dependence on God. Like, God, what are you speaking? What are you doing? What opportunities are now opening up that weren't there a year ago that are there today because of everything that's shifting around us? Um, God has new strategies, as what you're saying, and I just, I'm encouraged as I'm hearing it. And I'm just, I'm, I'm excited to lean into it and, and really hear from the Lord. What are you speaking? What's our part to play through all this process? So
0: I love it. Yeah. I love it. This last week, um, after our kids were asleep, my wife and I, we watched, we had a date night. We watched little women and, uh, <laughs> and you know, I'm, I'm sitting there watching it and I was thinking so many books were written during the great depression. So many best-selling books and, and some of the greatest inventions and stories and A.J. mentioned it last night, chocolate chip cookies were invented during the recession. Uh, there were so many things, you know, cars took on a whole new model. Airplanes took on a whole new way. Technology began to increase. And I think God wants to, like you said, download some fresh new things for you through the church. All right, who else? Anyone else wanna jump in on this? Stefan?
4: Yes, I will. Um, Man, I really loved how you asked the question, how has God shifted you into a new normal and a better normal? And for me, when I think about it, all of the crisis, everything that's been happening, it's really caused us to either, either you shift up or you just get left behind. Mm. And I feel like I, I asked God personally, I said, hey God, Help me expand my capacity personally so that I, when you shift and when you're expanding, I'm right there with you. And also for the, um, I'll say the Martha's out there who love to do a lot, they're, they're the doers. They wanna be up making sure everything <laughs> happens. I feel like God has centered a few of those Martha's into the focus where now they can be more of like a Mary where they can sit mm. at Jesus's feet and find out, hey God, what are you doing? Because if, if the normal's change. That means there's new rules. And, and who else do I go to to find the new rules except for God? Come so on. God is speaking of a fresh word. And he's, he's really, I feel like he's preparing us for the remainder of this year and for what he's going to be doing in the future. So this has been a wonderful opportunity under those circumstances of God just creating treasure. What I call it is treasure in hidden moments.
0: I love that treasure in hidden moments. So let's take it right now to prayer right there in your home, right there in your dorm room, your apartment. I don't know what you're feeling right now, but if you're feeling frustrated, disturbed, uncomfortable, not sure what next looks like, feeling like you don't know what to do next and you're, you're puzzled by the season you're in, maybe even asking questions like you heard on this stage today, God, what, what is it that you're wanting to teach me right now? What do you want to do in me right now? I wanna invite you to just close your eyes at your house and I'm gonna lead us right into a moment of just surrender to Jesus. I love what Stefan said, that maybe it's time to switch from being a Martha in this season to being a Mary and just sitting down and saying, God, download the new model, download the new strategy, download the new rules for this new season. Show me how to walk with you, to step with you. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, all you who are busy and burned out by religion, burned out by your work, burned out by all the changes going on. Come to me and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. My grace is sufficient for you. Right there in your home, if that's you, if you need to surrender and just receive his grace, I want you to just raise your hand in your house in fact, if you can't, just go on the chat, and there's a little hand you can click on, and you could click that hand to raise it right now. You could even, if you're on YouTube, you could just say, "That's me. I need to surrender. I need this. I need His grace. I need to hear from God in this hour. I'm ready for the new normal. I'm ready for the shift that God wants to bring." Yeah, you could just type in the chat. Just say, "I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready." I'm ready. Come on, Jesus. People all over are raising their hands. People all over are saying, thank you, Jesus. It's time to listen to God. Just pray this with me. Say, Jesus, I surrender. I'm all yours. Have your way in my life. Speak to me. I'm listening. I'm ready for the new normal that you want to bring in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Get ready for multiplication. Get ready for a greater season. Get ready for the better normal. Come on, if you received that message today, give a hand clap to God.